Welcome to Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha, a podcast shared by David Roylance. This podcast is dedicated to guiding you to completely eliminate the discontent mind and the suffering it causes by attaining enlightenment. Learn and practice the teachings of Gotama Buddha that will guide you to fully attain a peaceful, calm, serene, and content mind with joy. To support this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha or visit buddhadailywisdom.com where you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online learning resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Now, here's our teacher to share more. Sawadikap. Hello and welcome to Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha. I would like to welcome you to our class today. We're going to be teaching loving-kindness meditation, but mostly we're going to actually be doing loving-kindness meditation because this is our fourth class of a four-part series where I've been sharing how to do loving-kindness meditation and we've been elongating our meditation longer and longer each session and kind of changing it each time. So what I've got to share today is just a very brief recap of what we've been talking about throughout the classes so that we can actually use our time for this fourth class to really do the actual meditation and give you guys a chance to ask any questions because next Wednesday we're going to be going into Buddhist chanting and not really discussing loving-kindness meditation. Although if you have any questions at any point in any of our classes, you can always ask questions about loving-kindness meditation, but I just won't be teaching it in terms of teaching it because the idea is is that all the students who've been part of this program have been developing their loving-kindness practice as we've gone over the last four weeks. So we're really going to use most of our time for actually doing meditation and then taking any questions you guys have since we're getting ready to move off into some new material next Wednesday. And of course, this Sunday, we're going to be moving into chapter four, which is the Four Noble Truths. This is the real beginning of the path to enlightenment, where you're going to learn about the three universal truths and the Four Noble Truths to establish right view. Because without right view, you would have no opportunity whatsoever to attain enlightenment. There would just be no way whatsoever for someone who doesn't have right view. So the three universal truths and the four noble truths are really the beginning of the path to start learning and understanding this path to enlightenment that Gautama Buddha shared 2,500 years ago. Since today's Wednesday and my son's school is over about a week or two ago, I invited him to come to our class today because he's been learning a lot about the Buddhist teachings over the last two and a half years, but I've never actually needed to teach him loving kindness meditation. This is one of the beautiful things about teaching kids when they're so young is they have very little conditioning in the mind and there's really not too many things that they need to address. And in a relatively short period of time, they can actually make significant progress. And because they're a child, if you start young, they tend to really listen and follow their parents. So I thought since he's joining us for class today that I would introduce him to you guys. So you guys get a chance to meet him. His name is uh, Bailan. Come here. Hello. Say hello to everyone. Hello. Sawadikap. Sawadikap. Okay, so everyone, this is Bailan. How old are you? 
Eight years old. Eight years old, huh? What's your favorite thing to do in the world? Teach Buddha's teachings. Oh, you like to teach Buddha's teaching? Is that what you're going to do when you grow up? Really? Hmm. Why, do you, why would you like to teach the Buddha's teachings? Just because I would like to. Because you would like to? You want to make lots of money teaching Buddha's teachings? No? You don't want to become a millionaire? Try to get a whole bunch of money? I'm too tired to do that. What about fame or fortune? You want to get like really famous? No, 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 no. no, no. What do you want to do? You want to like uh, show everybody how smart you are and how intelligent you are? No. No? Why would you like to teach the Buddhist teachings? Because so people can get to enlightenment. So you can help people get to enlightenment? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah? Okay, that sounds like a good idea. And what's the first part of helping others get to enlightenment? Meditation. Meditation? Okay, that's the first part for you? Yes. Okay. So you're going to learn with us today? All right. So you go sit in your seat. Howdy, and bye. you learn loving kindness meditation. <laughs> All right, everyone. So I just thought I would introduce you guys to Bailan because he's joining me here in class today. And he's never learned loving kindness meditation. He's been doing breathing mindfulness meditation for about two years or so. And uh, he's recently been working on his practice and kind of has built it up to once a day, about 10 or 15 minutes a day is what he's been doing. Yeah. So now he'll learn loving kindness meditation to be able to then teach that because observing him and talking to him, it doesn't seem like he has any hate or ill will or anger in his mind anymore. At one time, he surely did, but that was able to be eradicated without loving kindness meditation. This is why I say most people will need loving kindness meditation. But remember, nothing's permanent. So not all people are going to need loving kindness meditation. And when you start teaching children really young like this, they haven't yet developed that mental object of ill will. They have bodily sensations. They have feelings. They may even have a little bit of mind condition, but usually children kind of get over things pretty quickly because their mind resides more in the present moment. They haven't experienced all these situations and traumatic events in their life to really harbor a lot of ill will in the mind. And essentially what happens to us as we age is we collect up all of these experiences and the mind holds on to them. And that's how we develop this hatred, this anger, this ill will. And as we age in our 20s and 30s and 40s, we just sometimes become angrier and angrier and angrier because of all the different situations and experiences we're holding on to. So part of eliminating all of this conditioning of the mind and training the mind in the Buddhist teachings is essentially going back to a child's mind. Because if you remember when you were a child, you could fall asleep at the drop of a hat right? It didn't matter if there was an earthquake, if there was a tornado or anything like this. You didn't have any worries on the mind. You didn't have any anxiety. You didn't have any stress, right? And you could just fall asleep in a heartbeat. And this is what children experience. And this is what we all experienced as children. But as we age, we collect up all this conditioning from all these negative experiences or all these positive experiences that we've had and the mind becomes unconcentrated, unstable, 
it becomes agitated, a lack of concentration. And what we're doing on this path to enlightenment is essentially unwinding or untangling the mind to get back to a child's mind. So that once you do, when you eliminate all this conditioning, you'll be able to actually fall asleep at the drop of a hat again. You'll be able to sleep very soundly and very peacefully because the mind won't have the stress and the anxiety and the sadness that is potentially carried around in the unenlightened mind for people who aren't training their mind. So thanks for joining us, little guy. Have a seat over there and be a good student. No talking, okay? All right. That's a deal. <laughs> All right. So let's just refresh your memory on what loving kindness is. Loving kindness is this active goodwill towards all beings without judgment, where you can practice being peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy with all beings. You can be polite, kind, friendly, respectful to all beings through your intentions, your speech, and your actions. This helps to eradicate hatred, anger, and ill will. That hostility, that aggression of wanting to push painful situations and painful things away from you. This is aversion and it oftentimes results with anger and hostility. So we use loving kindness meditation to cultivate this loving kindness or this active goodwill in the mind so that it erodes and eradicates this interest in pushing things away with ill will, wishing harm on others. But instead, we can stay open and loving and kind and respectful to all beings without having any negative intentions or ill will or hostility. And this just takes training. And as we do, we will be able to let that go more and more. So we start our meditation with breathing mindfulness meditation. This meditation is designed to let go of craving, desire, attachment, where the mind wants to hold on to things. And it just holds on and holds on and holds on. It's holding on to a lot of things, including this ill will potentially, or this anger. So we start leading into loving kindness meditation to kind of soften the mind and center the mind on the breath and bring the mind to the present moment, reducing any kind of chatter that's in the mind. Do that for a period of time, up to you, 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes, up to you. And then you start with these affirmations where you always start with I and then you move out in these successive rings where the rings become wider and wider. Maybe you start with I, we, may my parents, may my partner, may my children, may my neighbors, may my coworkers and associates and friends all the people that I've never met in my life, all the way to all beings, may they be peaceful, safe, well, and free of all discontentedness and the suffering it causes. And you can change these rings based on your individual practice. So there's a bit of creativity here. What I suggest you do is any people who are in your life that you do have anger for, or you do have ill will towards, or you even have just some minor frustration or irritation or annoyance or agitation and you just feel like it's kind of rough for you to get along with this person. It's not the person that's the problem. It's not the external thing. It's the mind that it's uncomfortable, dissatisfied, it's discontent. So 
because you're having a little bit of roughness in this relationship, you need to include them into your loving kindness meditation as a ring. In fact, if you're having a lot of troubles with any particular person or a group of people, you may even decide to just do loving kindness for them, where it starts with I, you move right to that person, and you just repeat that person or that group over and over and over and over again, many times going through all four affirmations over and over and over, and then go to all beings. And you do this for many days or many weeks until you eradicate any kind of hatred, anger, ill will towards that person or group of people, whether they're currently in your life or whether they're in the past. Because holding on to resentment in the mind and holding on to any anger, hostility, hatred, ill will in your mind is only going to hurt you. Oftentimes we feel like if we have resentment in the mind, we're somehow teaching the other person a lesson. But that's not what you're here to do. You're not here to teach someone else a lesson. You're here for your own liberation, for your own enlightenment. And if you hold on to this resentment, this hostility, it's only going to harm your own mind because now that ill will or that hatred in the mind is going to come out towards other people, not just the person that you have hatred towards. It's going to actually come out in other relationships as well through your intentions, your speech and your actions. And because your intention, speech and actions are tainted with this ill will, that means you're going to produce unwholesome decisions, which are going to create unwholesome results. This natural law of gamma is going to be at play. And when you treat other people in a negative way, potentially, then you're going to experience the results of that. So instead, what we do is we practice this meditation, we cultivate this active goodwill towards all beings, and we practice with all beings being polite, kind, friendly, and respectful. And this is how you make very wholesome decisions in your life, and then very wholesome things will come back to you. And through practicing that entire Eightfold Path, you will extinguish any unwholesome decisions that you're making in your wisdom, your moral conduct, and your mental discipline, and things will just get better and better for you as you make better and better decisions, and better and better results will happen in your life. Do you guys have any questions on this little recap of what loving kindness meditation is and what we're going to actually be doing during the meditation itself? I'll open things up for Bassam and Manal to look at questions in Facebook, YouTube, or Zoom. And as you guys have questions, you can put them in the comment section and then the moderators will be able to ask those questions. If you're in Zoom, you can raise your hand electronically and ask any questions you like directly. Okay, uh, uh, no more questions, features for now. All right, so let's go ahead and do meditation. So pull up your cushion, or if you're going to do standing meditation, you can stand or you can lay on the bed or lay on the floor. But if you're doing lying meditation, it's just important to keep your mind attentive and alert because when I do lying meditation, there's a tendency to kind of fall off and drift off to sleep. So if you're going to lie, just be sure that your mind remains attentive and alert while we're actually meditating because you need to apply effort to actually train the mind during the meditation. 
So if you're seated, just make your lower body comfortable but not luxurious. Your upper body should be erect. That keeps the mind attentive and alert. Your hands and arms, those should be in your lap or on your thighs, your knees, your armrests, however you like. Gautama Buddha put his right hand over his left with his thumbs together and then put that into his lap. Okay. Once your body is in position, it's comfortable but not luxurious, just close the eyes and start breathing in through the nose and out through the nose. Just establish a nice, steady, consistent breath. Breathing in and out. Breathing in and out. As you establish this nice breath, you would like to kind of slow the breath down. It shouldn't be fast or rapid. It shouldn't be abrupt breathing. It should just be a nice gradual inhale and exhale. The breath doesn't necessarily have to be synced up to the coaching and guidance that I'm giving you. You just take your own pace of breathing in and out. Breathing in and out. Start focusing the mind on the breath. The sound of the breath entering the nose or the sensation of air moving into the body over the skin. By focusing the mind on the breath, this is the present moment. Breathing in and out. Breathing in and out. I'm going to do some chanting just to ease us into meditation, and then I'll be back with some more guidance. Sawakato 
meditation, breathing in through the nose and out through the nose, having a nice, steady, consistent breath, focusing the mind on the breath, the present moment, breathing in and out. Breathing in and out. Wherever the mind drifts into the past or the future, if there's thoughts, ideas, perceptions, don't judge them, don't label them, don't even try to figure out where they're coming from. Just cut them off, let them go. Bring the mind back to the breath, the present moment. Wherever you notice the mind isn't on the breath, let go and focus on the breath. Breathing in 
and out. Breathing in and out. I'm going to be quiet now. Let you apply effort to keeping the mind focused on the breath. If I talk all the way through meditation, the mind's going to have a tendency to hold on to the sound that's coming from this mouth. So I'm going to be quiet. You have nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. No one needs you right now. Focus on the breath. And then I'll be back with guidance of loving kindness meditation. Breathing in. and out. Breathing in and out.
Breathing in and out. On the out breath, repeat this affirmation in the mind. Wherever you get to the out breath, just repeat, may I be peaceful. safe. discontentedness and the suffering it causes. peaceful. May we be safe. free of all discontentedness and the suffering it causes. May all those who are on the path to enlightenment be peaceful.
may they be safe. May they be well. May they be free of all discontentedness and the suffering it causes. May all those who consider themselves to be Christian be peaceful. May they be safe. May they be well. May they be free of all discontentedness and the suffering it causes. May all those who consider themselves Muslim be peaceful.
May they be safe. May they be well. May they be free of all discontentedness and the suffering it causes. May all those who consider themselves to be Hindu be peaceful. May they be safe. May they be well. May they be free of all discontentedness and the suffering it causes. May all those who consider themselves any category that is describable 
be peaceful. be safe. May they be well. free of all discontentedness and the suffering it causes. May all those who understand are one people, one humanity, be peaceful. safe. be well. May they be free of all discontentedness and the suffering it causes.
May all beings, no matter where they reside, if they live in peace or suffering, may they all be peaceful. May they be safe. May they be free of all discontentedness and the suffering it causes. Focus on the breath, the present moment.
करते महाकवातमो Start bringing yourself out of meditation. I would just like to remind you that what we're doing here with these rings, we are not trying to change other people. So as we went through these various rings, we're not trying to change anybody else. We're trying to change our mind. So in today's example, when I went through those that are on the path to enlightenment, Christians, Muslims, Hindu, people of any category that they consider themselves, you know, beyond, beyond, beyond. This is to cultivate our mind that if there's any anger, hostility, ill will, aggression, resentment, frustration, irritation, annoyance towards any of these people or groups of people that you eradicate that in your mind, right? So that you have nothing but loving kindness, active goodwill towards all of this, all of these people. So I would like to open things up for any questions that people might have in Facebook, YouTube, Zoom. If you would like to put your question into the comment section, our 
moderators blossom and Manal will see that or you can raise your hand electronically because as I mentioned next week we'll be moving off to chanting again you can always ask any questions you like at any point during our classes but this is really the last class dedicated specifically to loving kindness meditation for about one month or so so with that I'll hand things over to Basim and Manal Okay, uh, a question here. Uh, can a practitioner uh, dedicate loving kindness meditation to a certain one, certain body, uh, maybe a one uh, whom uh, there have been some problems with or so? Yes, that's exactly the point of loving kindness meditation is that if you have any problems in your mind with any beings whatsoever, that you create these rings in order to cultivate in your mind this loving kindness so that now when you're back in the company of those people or even if you never see them ever again you don't harbor any ill will because this ill will is detrimental to the mind it's going to impact you in your intention speech and actions so if you allow the mind to hold on to this ill will then it's going to hinder you from experiencing a peaceful, calm, serene, and content mind with joy, this enlightened mental state, because there's hatred, there's anger, there's hostility, there's frustration, there's annoyance in there. And you can't let that go. You can't eliminate those discontent feelings if the mind is still harboring them. So this is a meditation to cultivate active goodwill towards all beings so you eradicate these feelings in the mind based on relationships that you have and when you're around these people in the future or not you can just roam about your day and treat all beings polite kind friendly and respectful even insects you know if an insect lands on you rather than smashing it with your hand the best thing to do is just to kind of swipe it off or use your breath and kind of blow it off, right? The other day, right before class, I went into the bathroom and there was some bug in our toilet and I didn't notice it until I was done. And normally I would flush it, but I was like, oh, I'll just leave it here and then maybe the bug will make its way out. By the time I'm done with class, I can go back in and flush the toilet. And that's exactly what happened. When I went back in there two hours later, the bug was gone and it found its way out. So even to the point where when you see insects other places, you can either relocate them outside your house if you don't want them inside your house, or you can do like what I did with the toilet or just let them move on. Here in Thailand, it's pretty common that you're sharing your home with some geckos, with you know some insects here and there. Uh, the outside and inside, it's just, it all kind of merges together and uh, we don't try to kill all these beings that are in the home if we're uncomfortable or we would prefer not to have a certain being in our home we just set it outside last night or not last night but a couple days ago i was sitting on the bed and i don't know how but a little tiny frog started jumping across my bedroom this little tiny frog, I'm upstairs in the second floor of a house. I was like, how did this guy get up here? And I was like laughing. And I was like, wow, let me just pick him up. And uh, I picked him up and relocated him outside. You know, so all these beings, if you can show loving kindness to them, even little insects, 
dogs, cats, you know. It doesn't mean you have to walk around fearful that you're going to accidentally step on an ant or something, still move about your day. But that precept that the Buddha taught, that very first precept about living compassionately, trembling for the welfare of all living beings, one of the things that helps you to cultivate that is loving kindness meditation. And if you can have loving kindness for that mosquito that just landed on you and you can just kind of swipe it off and blow it off, then it might become easier and easier for you to have loving kindness towards your neighbor or your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad, your life partner, your children. And your your emotions and your feelings will start to soften and you won't have these strong, intense feelings anymore of anger and hatred towards any beings whatsoever. Well, so cultivating loving kindness towards all beings may help the mind to be more and more peaceful, right? It will absolutely help the mind become more peaceful by cultivating loving kindness for all beings because if we walk around fearful of other beings, for example, and you're always kind of looking out for, you know, who who do I like and who do I dislike? Or who's in my group that I get along with and that agrees with me? And who do I dislike because they disagree with me? If you've got these two groups of people in your mind, then you don't have loving kindness and compassion for all beings. You should look at all beings equally in that you just have nothing but an interest in seeing all beings be peaceful, be safe, be well, be free of discontentedness and the suffering it causes. This is also going to help you to practice that second step of the Eightfold Path, right intention, practicing harmlessness, non-ill will. That's right there in the second step of the Eightfold Path, because if you walked around and had the interest to harm other beings, anger, hatred, ill will, if you have an interest to harm other beings in the mind, then you're going to put out harm through your intentions, your speech, your actions, and that means harm is going to come back to you. So you've got to cultivate this interest in practicing harmlessness in all situations. Every situation you're in, every relationship, whether it's a 30-second relationship like I had with that frog the other night, or it's a long-term relationship like my son's mom, who we've known each other for 13, 14 years now. You've got to have a genuine interest in seeing all beings be well, be safe, be peaceful. And you cultivate this in the mind through loving kindness meditation by doing this day after day after day after day and cultivating this in the mind. And when you do this in training through loving kindness meditation and you've cultivated it and developed it in the mind, now it will come through in your interactions. You will start to soften your speech and speak with a mind of loving kindness. You will start to soften your actions and be more gentle in your actions and your movements. And you won't be interested in harming others. And this translates into your speech and your actions. Okay. Uh, Nick says, I'd like to say that I am finding loving kindness meditation works like a charm. It's helping me to eradicate annoyance. I feel much better daily from the training. Thank you, teacher. You're welcome, Nick. Pleased to hear that and continue to go with it. And uh, this is what I typically hear from students, that when they learn 
they reflect and they practice what I'm sharing, it works. You know, these teachings from the Buddha have been around for 2,500 years for a reason, because they really work. And when you're learning these teachings and you're learning with a teacher that you learn, reflect and practice and you're seeing it's working, that's how you know it's the truth. The Buddha talked about this, that if you do something and you learn something from a teacher and it's not helping to improve the condition of the mind, then you know it's not his teachings because all of his teachings will improve the condition of the mind. If you're learning, like if I, I, I joke around sometimes, if I said, you know, Nick, the way you get rid of hatred and anger is take this pin and wave it over your head 10 times counterclockwise and 10 times clockwise. Well, if you did that three, four, five, six times and the hate is still there, then you know that's not the teachings of the Buddha. But if you're learning like this meditation and, it, and it's working for you, then you know that's the truth and that's the teachings of the Buddha. Well, uh, Miranda is raising her hand, so let's put Miranda. So it sounds a little silly, I guess. If you have an aversion, say, to a particular insect, then would you want to include that specifically in your loving kindness meditation to help get rid of that aversion? Yes, absolutely. I used to be very scared of snakes. I used to have a lot of fear of snakes. And I had to include them in the loving kindness meditation in order to get over that fear. And then now I still prefer not to be around snakes. But the good news is snakes don't really prefer to be around me either. They typically, you know, they're not going to attack me. So if you have a fear of spiders or rodents or things, what, what's your fear, Miranda? What insect? Ants. Ants. I'm okay with everything else. Ants. I won't kill them. I'll put like a little cup over them and then have somebody else take them away. But yeah, ants. Okay. So this is good to know because you're not killing them, which is good. But what I suggest you do is that you get books that have pictures of ants or magazines or go on the internet and you look at them because right now your mind's fearful and you don't like them. I see your facial expressions change already just talking about giving you this, but this is how you train the mind. Okay. Part of the training is in meditation, but you also have to do things outside of meditation and you've got to let go of this fear that you have or whatever hostility or whatever feelings you're experiencing based on the ants. So if you get, go on the internet or you get a book or magazine and you look at pictures of them and just look at them and just tell yourself, may you, and look at them. May you be well, may you be peaceful, may you be free, you know, discontentedness and just get comfortable looking at pictures of them and do that many, many times until you feel the minds calm down and there's no apprehension in the body or the mind. Then take that from the printed material or on your screen on the internet and move that to real life where you can see them moving around because this is going to create more stimulus and it's going to make the mind maybe a little bit more shaken up. So go outside and look for ants and then just sit there and direct your loving kindness. May you be peaceful. May you be safe. May you be well. May you be free. Like with your eyes open, looking at them and training the mind to let go, let go, let go, let go. It doesn't mean you're going to allow ants to crawl over your body. But what you're going to do is you're just going to train the mind that there's nothing to be afraid of. They're not going to hurt you. And you can let go of any fear that you have, because as long as you have fear at all, any fear whatsoever, the mind's not going to experience enlightenment because that fear is discontentedness. 
So wherever you have fear, the way to eliminate fear, which we're going to talk about in a future chapter, is to confront it. You have to confront it and put the mind in that situation where you can train the mind. There's nothing to fear here whatsoever. And you can walk away from each situation where you look at pictures of ants, you look at ants in real life, and you can walk away from each situation like, hmm, nothing happened. I'm fine. And you can train the mind that there's nothing to fear here. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, uh, thanks a lot for help. Uh, no more questions for now. Okay. So that's everything that I had to share with you guys today. I just was interested to give you that short little recap on loving kindness meditation and help you to develop your meditation further through this fourth session. And if you've been practicing breathing mindfulness meditation back when I first started teaching it about two months ago in this version of the group learning program, and you've been doing that for two months, every single day, at least once a day, twice a day, three times a day, building up to two to three times a day, about 30 minutes or more. So two to three sessions, 30 minutes or more is what you're building up to. And if you can get to that and you've been doing that diligently over the last two months, and now you're adding in loving kindness meditation, you're going to start seeing results like what Nick is talking about. And if you're diligent, if you're determined and you stick with it, there's nothing on this path that's going to instantly change your mind, right? This is oftentimes what I see when people ask questions in Facebook groups and stuff. They want that one little magic potent sentence or word that's going to instantly change their mind. That doesn't exist. What exists is this slow, gradual training to improve the condition of the mind. So it's only been two months. And I imagine if we talked to Nick, he probably saw progress pretty quickly. It didn't take two months for him to see progress. And maybe you guys have been seeing progress too. But two months is really just getting started. You need to get to the point where you've been meditating two years, you know, five years, 10 years like that. And if you're seeing progress in just the last couple of months, imagine when you do get to six months or a year or two years, this is the slow, gradual progress that changes the condition of the mind. One of the biggest myths in the Buddhist community and around the world is that the Buddha sat down under a tree, he meditated and instantly became enlightened. Not true. It's not what he said. It's not what he said in his teachings whatsoever. And anybody who's experienced enlightenment knows that it doesn't happen that way. It absolutely doesn't happen that way. It's not a sudden thing. It's a gradual training of the mind and meditation each day through each session, gradually learning these teachings and gradually implementing them more and more each day. And you're going to trip over your feet. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to speak with wrong speech sometimes. You're going to do wrong action sometimes. But rather than feel guilty or shameful that that's happened, just look at it and be like, hmm, I wasn't speaking with a mind of loving kindness. And that's why that person got angry and our conversation ended, you know, not well. Or I spoke at the wrong time. Or I spoke harsh, right? Those five factors of well-spoken speech. Speaking at the right time, what you say is true. Speak gently. Speak with benefit or beneficially 
speak with a mind of loving kindness and speak without blame or blamelessly. So as you gradually learn these teachings and you gradually train the mind and you gradually ramp up to practicing right speech more and more, you will start seeing the relationships around you start improving. And likewise, you need to ramp up on right action and every other step along the Eightfold Path is you just gradually ramp this up. And the more that you do and the longer amount of time that you have where you're actually practicing these teachings on an ongoing basis, you will start producing more and more wholesome results because you're making more and more wholesome decisions. You will essentially clean up any kind of unwholesomeness that you created in the past based on craving anger and ignorance or unknowing of true reality. Because what you're going to be practicing more and more is generosity, loving kindness, and wisdom. These are the wholesome roots. And when your decisions are based on those three wholesome roots, they will have wholesome results. So thank you guys for your learning, for your dedication, for your determination to continue to practice. I always thank you, but really this is helping you, right? Yeah, it's helping, it's helping me because, and it's helping all of us because the world becomes a better place the more and more that you practice. That's why I say thank you, because you're actually improving the world by learning and practicing these teachings. But it's truly benefiting you in your life. But the reason why I say thank you all the time is because one, you're improving the world. So I'd like to thank you for that. But two, a teacher teachings are only helpful if they're students to actually learn them. And by you choosing to learn and practice these teachings, it's a way of restoring the Buddhist teachings back into the world so that more and more and more and more people can benefit from his teachings. And that's my goal, is to really restore these teachings back into the world as much as possible. And by you choosing to learn and practice these teachings diligently, you're part of that grassroots effort that grassroots movement that started 2,500 years ago and is continuing until today. So I would just like to say thank you. I appreciate your diligence and your determination. And I'll see you in our future class, either Saturday, Sunday, or Wednesday. Until then, have a wonderful rest of your day. Sawadikap. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To provide support for this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha. To access more teachings, visit buddhadailywisdom.com. There, you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Remember to establish a daily, consistent meditation practice, along with learning and practicing these teachings. A well-developed meditation practice is the foundation in which to train the mind to attain enlightenment.